Welcome to the Glindpond podcast. I'm Peggy Reynolds, and I'll be exploring Donizetti's Don Pasquale, which is being performed as part of the 2013 Glyndebourne Festival. Gaetano Donizetti was a prolific composer, producing some 75 operas, many of them well-known in the bel canto repertoire and very often named for their noble heroines. But, as Corey Ellison, Glyndebourne's dramaturg, explains, in creating the comic Don Pasquale, Donizetti did something very different. Don Pasquale is, in a case that's probably pretty unusual, it's an opera which is named after the basso buffo, the bass. It's not named after the tragic heroine like Lucia de Laumermoor or Lucrezia Borgia or something like that, two other of Donizetti's operas, but... It takes its name from Don Pasquale, who is the first character we meet, and he's an elderly Roman gentleman who is sort of a classic figure out of Roman comedy and later Italian Commedia dell'arte, who is Pantalone, who's the old man. And the Pantalone figure often is the figure who is in love with a young girl and he thinks he's going to get the young girl and pretty much is always outwitted by the younger, handsomer, innamorato, as he is in this case, who happens to be his nephew, Ernesto. But Don Pasquale is a perfect example of the basso buffo character who was a staple in Italian operatic life in the 17th and 18th centuries. And it's a, a character who is lovable usually, but very flawed, a character who is definitely drawn for the amusement of the audience and who often makes a fool of himself but who you do end up usually liking. The basso buffo, or comic bass roll, is connected to the English word buffoon. But the conductor, Sir Mark Elder, also feels that Donizetti's music allows for some sympathy with the foibles of his anti-hero. It is a brilliant refilling of an old mould. The old guardian who imagines that he will be able to win the hand of a young pretty girl, the oldest subject in the world. But Donizetti had ability to flesh out his characters, and they are very distinctive in their music. Pasquale himself is a very rounded character, which is a funny thing to say because he's probably pretty big too, and his sense of his own importance and his own neurotic character is, is marvellously well characterised in the music. And Donizetti's writing for the orchestra is so clever. The music for the different characters has such wonderful verve to it, such great melodies, such experimental quality in the ensembles, which seem to happen all evening. I love it, and I think that it's one of his masterpieces. Corey Ellison explains quite how the different stock characters of the Commedia dell'arte might lie behind Donizetti's Don Pasquale. Italian comic opera in general is deeply indebted to the Italian Commedia dell'arte, the street theatre 
of the Renaissance. And Don Pasquale is no exception, even though it's late in the history of Italian comic opera, coming in 1843. All four of the characters, I should say five characters in Don Pasquale, are easily traceable, very, very obvious relatives of the characters in Commedia dell'arte. First of all, Don Pasquale himself is the character Pantalone, and then there's the character of Dr. Malatesta, who's a sort of a wily servant character that comes uh, directly from Commedia dell'arte. And the two young lovers, Norina and Ernesto, the innamorate of Commedia dell'arte. Of course, Norina's got in her a bit of the crafty servant as well. Uh, Colombine, you know, because she's so clever and sparkling. And even the, there's a figure, a very small character, the character of the notary in Don Pasquale. And there's, I don't know, a single Italian comic opera or Commedia dell'arte piece that doesn't have a notary at some point. And half the time they're fake, as, as he is in Don Pasquale, too. And of course, we can all think of one fake notary performing just such a task in officiating at a sham marriage in Mozart's Cosi Fan Tutte. And that dates from over 50 years earlier, in 1790. So Don Pasquale is part of this long tradition of comic operas, which, according to some, was rather in its decline by 1843. Francesco Izzo is senior lecturer in music at the University of Southampton. Opera buffa was past its prime in the minds of many. And if you read what people wrote about the comedy you know, or comic opera during the 1830s or the early 1840s, so there is this notion that opera buffa is gone, that it needs to be revived, uh, but that, that there is crisis. Serious melodrama has taken a turn in the direction of sensational, tragic, gruesome subjects, and opera buffa is not keeping up. It seems to be failing, and, and Don Pasquale is one of those operas that uh, contradicts this, this commonplace assumption that opera buffa was facing enormous difficulties. It was facing some difficulties, and it was redefining itself as a more sentimental genre, where there was room for the outpour of genuine feelings, uh, for, for the expression of pathos, as well as uh, for pure comedy. So ordinary experiences and genuine feelings underlie the conventions of stock comedy in Don Pasquale. In some ways, this is an opera about real people in real predicaments. Francesco Izzo. If you think about Don Pasquale as, uh, as a precursor of Falstaff, a half a century earlier, you can see that there's this quest for constant activity in the opera. Curtain goes up and what do you see? You don't see a chorus, which was customary in opera buffa and a serious opera for that matter in the 1840s. Curtain goes up and you see Don Pasquale pacing the stage nervously, uh, you know, looking at, at, at his watch and wondering why isn't the doctor here. This sense of impatience and agency is present from the very first, the very opening bars of Don Pasquale. Zitto, 
Part of Don Pasquale's modernity lies in the fact that it includes major roles for all the male voices, and they are actually playing men. Pasquale himself is a bass, his friend Dr Malatesta is a baritone, and the young nephew Ernesto is a tenor. But they all have to act, and they all have to sing a continuous cantabile line. Don Pasquale is determined to marry. He does not know who to, but he will marry. Unable to dissuade him from this foolish cause, Malatesta promises to introduce him to his sister, Sophronia. In the meantime, Don Pasquale declares that his nephew Ernesto is forbidden to marry. As Ernesto says goodbye to his lost dream of love, Don Pasquale grumbles away sarcastically in the background. But every one of the four main roles in Don Pasquale has their virtuoso moment. Mark Elder and Corey Ellison. One of the greatest highlights in Italian opera, it has always seemed to me, is the duet between Don Pasquale and Malatesta in the second act. It's a virtuoso duet for these two great comics, and they vie with each other and show off their ability to speak and sing as fast as possible. And this, of course, relates to what Rossini did in his comedies, in La Cenerentola, Barbieri. And Donizetti was just doing another version of it. But boy, does he know how to do it. A prime example of Basso Buffo singing, you, we kind of get a, a, a double header of it. There's the point at which Don Pasquale is entirely fed up with his wife, the so-called Sophronia, and he's uh, consulting Dr. Malatesta to help him get rid of Sophronia. And they sing this absolutely classic opera buffa duet in which first Pasquale states how they're going to trap the two lovers and what they're going to do. And then uh, Malatesta sings another verse to the same music. And then the two of them sing together simultaneously two different texts of the most rapid patter, and there's hardly a space to take a breath. It's, it leaves the audience absolutely wild <laughs> with laughter and just appreciation. It's the most virtuosic passage when it's done well by a basso buffo and a, and a baritone. It's one of the iconic and precious moments in opera buffa. <laughs>
At the end of Act Two, everything is in disarray. Dr Malatesta's sister is really Ernesto's beloved Norina, now apparently married to Don Pasquale. But the meek and docile Sophronia turns on the very instant of signing the marriage contract into a terrible shrew, ordering new clothes and jewels and demanding more servants and younger and handsomer ones at that. Francesco Izzo explains how Donizetti is here playing with the conventions of the opera buffa. In, in the Act Two finale, just after the fake marriage agreement has been signed between Norina and uh, Don Pasquale, Norina, known to Don Pasquale as Sofronia, summons all of the servants. And, and, you know, just a small handful of people show up and she looks around and she says, oh, it's, 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 that's it? Oh, there isn't much to count. The reason why that is so comical is that at that point, at the middle finale of an opera buffa, the whole chorus should be on stage. And there's no such thing simply because Don Pasquale has no servants. But while Donizetti plays on our expectations of the opera buffa form, he also introduces new patterns in the music. Corey Ellison. One aspect of Don Pasquale that's not much talked about is that it is filled with the most beautiful waltz music. It, it just teems with beautiful music in 3-4 rhythm. And it's interesting to remember that just before Donizetti wrote Don Pasquale in 1843, he had spent some years living in Paris, where Chopin was very famously writing waltzes for the piano. And the dance was becoming very popular in the ballroom. And then, of course, he spent years in Vienna, which is, of course, we think of as the epicenter of the waltz. And Don Pasquale actually was written for the Teatro Italien in Paris. And so in Don Pasquale, we hear a succession of waltzes. And the waltz, I think, always is the signifier for youth in this opera. For instance, the character of Pasquale, in his first scene, everything, all of his patter is in very square 4-4 four, four, in, in duple rhythm. And then all of a sudden, um, after Dr. Malatesta comes in and sings for him this aria, Bella si come un angelo, where he's describing this beautiful young wife that he's going to bring for Pasquale, and that's in 3-4, Pasquale gets so excited that all of a sudden he co-opts that triple rhythm and sings his first utterance that's in triple rhythm, Un Foco Insolito. It's like he's showing that he's young at heart. And then from that point on, most of the hit tunes, really almost all of them, are waltzes. The aria in the beginning of the next scene where we meet Norina for the first time, 
many of the things that, that she sings to him. And finally, up until the, the very finale, where she literally delivers the moral of the story in triple meter. I think that the waltz becomes the, the music of youth in Don Pasquale, and youth is what everybody's after. So the male singers get three roles to the female singers, one in Don Pasquale. But it is the youthful soprano who drives the main action. Francesco Izzo and then Daniel Denise, who is singing the role of Norina in the 2013 Kleinborn production. Norina is uh, the main agent, in a way, in uh, Don Pasquale, because it is, it is really her actions that inform the, the, the plot. You know, there is the doctor, you know, Malatesta, who comes up with the idea of a fake marriage so as to convince Don Pasquale that a real one would be a bad idea. But Norina is the one who actually puts things in motion. She is the typical soubrette. She is confident. She is, we presume, attractive, and she knows that she is. There is this confidence about her that is typical of the opera buffa tradition. And again, you find it in Rosina in The Barber of Seville. Uh, you find it in a different way in, in some of the Mozart characters, Susanna, for example, or Despina in, uh, in uh, Così fan tutte. You find it in Italiana in Algeri. Uh, so she really does stem from a solid tradition. <laughs> my favorite characters to play. She is extremely resourceful. She's very, very charming. She's clearly intelligent. There's a rich backstory to her that we know nothing about. I mean, all that we know is that she is a widow. We don't know what her husband was like. Um, there's a lot of blanks to fill in there with the backstory. People often look at Narina and they see in her one of these sort of, you know, B-I-T-C-H roles. You know, the very feisty woman can also be um, interpreted as being quite sort of over the top and too strong. I think that there's a good strength in a strong woman, and I think that Norina captures that rather perfectly. But I do also think that Norina has a sincerity and a genuine side. She's very good at channeling her characters, but this all comes from a place of sincerity. And I think she does have humanity to her and that she is emotionally invested in Ernesto. And it's that love and that that idea that she slightly makes fun of the uh, chivalrous acts of love. But in a very strange way, her going through all these hurdles is a very unusual and uh, revealing act of love. It is, a, it is a chivalrous act of love in some sense. It's just that the tables are turned and it's a woman doing it to be with a man. Don Pasquale is an opera that dates from 1843, and Europe was in a state of flux. Five years later, and there would be popular revolutions in Italy and France, Hungary, Poland, and across the German states. In Britain, there was the rise of working-class movements like the Chartists, and the beginnings of feminist demands for education, employment, and rights within marriage. 
So even in this comic opera, the values of respect and individual responsibility are played out before us. Corey Allison. The characters in Don Pasquale certainly are very clearly derivative of commedia characters, as are characters in La Notte di Figaro and many of the, the great Italian operas, the Barber of Seville. But in Don Pasquale, you feel that they're injected with a greater humanity. Che cosa What I love is precisely the pathos that comes across in some points. The, the, the most exciting moment in the whole opera uh, is definitely the duet for Norina and Don Pasquale. Don Pasquale knows at this point that he's made a tremendous mistake by marrying this woman who is you know, proving to be a monster. And at a point where he tries to establish some kind of uh, authority over her, she slaps him in the face. At that point, it is funny, of course. But then this marvelous minor mode melody comes in in the orchestra and uh, Don Pasquale says, you know, it's over. And you realize that he's a human being, however despicable and, and however ridiculously confident at the beginning of, of the opera. He comes across for, for what he is at that point, really an old man. And personally, I feel like maybe not giving him a hug, but certainly a pat on the shoulder uh, and telling him it's okay, you know, it's not as bad as it, as it seems. And that you do not find in another opera buffa. You know, that kind of sympathy, that, that kind of musical empathy with the, the comic character who is supposed to be the one you laugh at. Of course, being a comic opera, everything is resolved in the end. Ernesto marries Narina, Don Pasquale settles for a quiet life. But that doesn't take away from the morality and the humanity in the opera. Daniel Denise. I quite enjoy this finale because, I mean, obviously they do get what they want. There's a bit of embarrassment on the part of Pasquale, but he's extremely generous and forgiving at the end, considering what he's been through. I think he's generous in that way because I think he's kind of learned his lesson. He sort of got what he wanted, the gorgeous young wife, and he was in for a lot of surprises. She surprised him um, with her behavior, and I think he went, oh, God, okay, well, I've learned my lesson. I guess I won't be doing that again. But of course, you know, they do say in the end, the moral is sort of like, don't take a younger spouse. And, um, you know, there's there's a rather playful quartet at the end. And then, and then after that, you know, Narina has another aria. So it's a fitting way, I think, to end it because ultimately I think Narina in some way has been in charge of everything and driving everything along with Malatesta from the beginning. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it very much. Oh, oh, oh. 